Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back. Welcome back. Pat is here in studio, and we have a guest in studio. Happy to be here. Hank is here. Hank is a teacher, and Pat and I tonight, before we get into Friday Night Lights, we have a special edition of teacher questions. This will help you get your feet wet, and it will get you comfortable on the Vicarious Living podcast. By putting him on the spot first? Yes, and hopefully when I asked you to get some questions, you got questions that will make him feel a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Because that's what I did. (laughs) Nothing better to to get him in the podcasting pocket than really make him uncomfortable on the spot. I'm all for it. Before we do that, housekeeping, give our Gmail contact information for the kids. Our Gmail is vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Instagram? (laughs) It's vicariouslivingpodcast. So, kids, uh, get at us because I'm really looking forward to coming up. We are going to have some VL swag coming out. I'm really excited about that. It's going to be a co-merch collab with our fine, fine sponsors from Wicklow Wear. So, that is upcoming. Um, Okay. Real quick, when we get that off the ground, is our Instagram going to just be all SpawnCon? It's probably going to be a lot of SpawnCon, yeah. Yeah, explain to the kids what SpawnCon is, because they probably only know it like I do as SpawnCon. What does it mean? I thought SpawnCon was SpawnCon. No. What's it actually stand for? I think sponsored content. Yeah. And before I have like a pretty weak grasp on what it actually means. Naturally. That's what so I So you're saying SpawnCon is sponsored content? Right. I'm into it. But either way, yes, that is what we're going to have, SpawnCon. Okay. Except we will be getting paid no dollars. You guys are getting That's too fair. big for your britches. But we'll do hashtag ads still. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Okay, Hank, teacher questions. Let's ask some specific teacher questions before we get into episode 17, which is tonight's episode, I think we should have sex. So we only did one episode tonight because uh, we really wanted to get into the sex talk. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Um, But teacher questions first. Okay. My first question for Hank is, this ties to our podcast last week. We were doing a lot of talk. Heard it. He heard it. We were doing a lot of talk about, um, what's that guy's name? The assistant coach? Oh, Mac. We were doing a lot of talk. Ironic. That is ironic. That is ironic. ironic. (laughs) So, Coach Mac, he, he was in some hot water, and last week we were talking about he how weird it was seeing him like off duty off teacher duty out of the classroom and i wanted to ask you because pat and i discussed how weird it is when we would see teachers like at home goods or just you know off off campus do you share that same feeling when you see a student off campus it's the worst i it's hate the it. worst yeah why don't you describe is it, how you feel exactly what's your default like go to like you see a kid 
and it's too late. Obviously, if you see him and he doesn't see you yet, I'm assuming you just avoid him altogether. Absolutely. If I can get away with avoiding them, I do. Yeah. Right. What do you? What's your uh-huh. default go-to if it's too late? You guys have made eye contact. I try and assume. You guys said like it throws the power dynamic off. Yeah. yeah. I try and be cool. Th- be, yes. I don't know. It depends on the kids. Sometimes you go with the power dynamic. Real formal. I'm the adult still. You're the kid. I'll lead the conversation. Yeah. Even though I hate doing that. How awkward are the jokes? Like, is it a lot of like, I hope you've been studying for that test, Timmy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're pretty awkward. If the kid plays a sport, I just talk to him about sports, which is pretty cool. Um, make sure that I tell him if it's a lacrosse player, like, hey, make sure you're working on your left, huh? Oh, you, God, you hitting the yeah. wall with your left? It's a lot of these two and a half, two and a half jokes that everyone's just got to crack. It seems like work jokes, actually. So this is like you're in the office and you just got to give something and then all parties overlap. Absolutely overlapping, left and right. Yeah. Uh, kids are humoring me. I'm humoring the kids. I guess first and foremost, I should say that I love the kids. This all comes from a place of love for the kids. Right. You way too much love the kids. Yeah. You got into some hot water last year with an underage student, I believe. Female? False. <laughs> <laughs> Slanderous. I believe you did. It was in the news. Um, what was her name? No, there was nothing there. Last thing on seeing the kids in public, though. Setting does matter. I saw some kids at Bunbury one time. And that was just a bad time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're was... trying to get fucked up. And then you see them. Yeah. And it's like... So is it more, you think it's more awkward for you than it is for the student? Depending on the situation, absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I feel like nobody wants to be there, but probably mostly not you. Right. At Bunbury, I think we would just ignore each other because the kids are probably up to no good. Yeah. That's they don't awesome. Smart. To me, yeah. yeah, that's smart. All right, go ahead with yours. Um, my first question is, so when I watch a, like a show about teen drama, especially like a Friday Night Lights, the characters seem way older like beyond their years mostly because it's a tv show but also i find them to be like the cool characters in the show are way cooler than me especially way cooler than me in high school but probably cooler than me now as a grown adult (laughs) so like a tim riggins for example have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're like coaching and or teaching a tim riggins who you know is like his ceiling of oh yeah has already far surpassed yours and definitely, you know, like he's got room to grow. Yeah, that and happens. How you, and how do you handle that? It happens from time to time. And there's no clear and hard rule for when it happens. Uh, like two years ago, our starting college or our starting quarterback uh, who went to Wisconsin Big Ten school was out training. I didn't know who he was because I didn't coach football at the time. Uh, and he was a really cool guy. I was just like, hey, you working out for something? Nice. Uh, but then there are Damn. other kids who... Did the exchange go like pretty well? Like, yeah. Nice. I didn't nice. feel like he was that much cooler than me. Nice. So, talked to the quarterback, didn't make a fool of myself. This Hank now <laughs> just reminds me exactly of the teacher in Pineapple Express. It's been a while. I okay. know I know. this is it's the a, second time Pineapple Express. Yeah, okay, here, here's a clip. For the past here, couple weeks, but me, I forget what you're talking about. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Here's a clip. Hey, people. Hi, Mr. Edwards. Can I help you? Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you, though. Yeah? I see you don't have a visitor's badge. That's why I ask. I'm, uh, actually, with her, actually. my yeah. boyfriend. Mm-hmm, I heard that. I wish I didn't hear that, but I just heard that. Yeah. Hey, hey how's it going? Hey, hey Clark, hey. how you doing, man? Yeah. What's up? I've 
I'm, I'm, I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. Sure. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you, man. It's time to suck today's right. dick. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. Yeah, hey, I'll suck see you guys it. later, all right? Good. All right, Clark. Clark's a great guy, man. He's totally going to take care of Angela, man. He's, he's great. He's a wonderful lab partner, so it's going to be cool. We'll keep an eye on her. Why don't you go fuck yourself, you weird little prick? I'm a teacher, okay? You can't talk to me like that, guy. I'm not a student, so I can say whatever the fuck I want. You chimp fucking Actually, little you bastard. Know, oh, really? You know, okay, right. you've got what? T minus. Oh, what's up, chap? What's up, man? <laughs> He's the principal of the school. Yeah, he Jimmy's right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he's the principal, and he comes up, and he's, like, asking Seth Rogen what he's doing there, because Seth Rogen's dating that girl in high school. And then uh, it, Chad's clearly the cool guy, and he comes up, and he's like, hey, what's up, Chad, man? Okay, so anyways, that's exactly what, what Hank reminds me of when, when, like, a cool, like, quarterback's, like, lifting in the weight room. Like, Hank's like, oh, what's up, man? Like, you play any sports? He's like, yeah, I play football. And it was like the off season. So I was like, oh, um, you play anywhere next year? And he goes, yeah, Wisconsin. And I go, oh, you're the quarterback. Yeah, because like for me, I, I feel like cool. Like once you get past a certain age, and that age is probably 17, like cool knows no limits age-wise. So yeah. like a cool 18-year-old is just as cool as like a cool 27-year-old who's just as cool as a cool 35-year-old. So if I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I want to come correct if I'm talking to a cool guy. Absolutely. Freshmen can't really be cool. Exactly, yeah. Seniors can be cool. Yeah, freshmen yeah. are never cool, no. but seniors can definitely be cool. Having taught the same kid as a freshman and now he's a cool senior, yeah. it's like, oh, this kid's it, now it, cool. It, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta try to be cool around yeah, you, made it. you should go up to a kid and be like, hey man, I've been noticing over the past four years, you got cool. Congratulations. <laughs> Congrats. I think I will. But yeah, and also I feel like my my coolness has peaked. So like I would be self conscious about because I'm on the downslide mm -hmm. of my cool, and I'm seeing all these kids rising up in their cool, whereas I'm just on know, the back nine. I'm on the back nine <laughs> of my cool. <laughs> peaked um, a pretty long time ago. Yeah. Uh, another one I have is what are teacher lounges really all about? What goes on in there? Cigarettes. Good question. No, yeah, they, they used cigarettes? to. The, some of the old timers, they always talk about how there used to be like a keg of beer back in the day in the teacher lounge even. Are you smoking cigarettes? In no, that? there's no smoking Cause cigarettes. Because in movies, they're always smoking cigarettes in teacher lounges. I'm sure like the art teachers go out to like the loading docks. Have you ever smoked a cigarette on campus? <laughs> have you ever smoked a cigarette on campus? No. Yeah, you're not trying to do that. I'm not trying to do that. You don't want to have... I mean, I, I always remember the, the teachers who smoked cigarettes and they would always come back into the classroom just reeking like ashtrays and it was bad luck. A lot of judgment going on from the students. What about a nice pipe? Nice teacher pipe. A pipe would that be, be kind of cool. cool. That, that would, would be a be badass cool. move. If, and you just always had it in your mouth, like in the classroom, even if you weren't smoking it. So the students knew you like meant business. Business pipe. <laughs> so anything else in teacher lounges that, you know, the, the lay person would love to hear about? Like a little peek behind the scenes? I'm not sure. I'm trying to think. I hear you guys talk about work and like not giving A plus game to your friends at work. I like talking to my friends at work. Like, I get along with the other teachers there. And for me, everybody gets B+. Plus, like, just across the board, because it takes no effort to give B+. Plus. A couple people get A game. But there's no upside to giving... That's true. There's Not no, everybody gets it. There's no <laughs> upside to giving, like, A-plus game to everybody or on, like, conference calls with people you don't know because A-plus game is, like, taking some risks, Why is saying some things so that are, like, <laughs> off-color because you know you could get that person to laugh, but, like, if you're throwing around A-plus game to everybody, there's no... Upside. Well, and it's exhausting. It's fucking exhausting. <laughs> and it's exhausting, you, you, yeah. To be on like that. I would say I have, like... What's your baseline? My base... What do you mean? What like, you your mean? baseline... 
level, it takes no effort to get like B, B plus. Oh, I would say I probably I walk around at a C, C plus, but I have like you have I to, have. You have to turn it on to get up to that. <laughs> Just picture yeah. the cloud of rain following <laughs> you around like Charlie Brown. <laughs> I, the thing is, is I have I always have my ride or die crew at the workplace, as you know. Like Megan right now is in my ride or die crew, and I only have like four or five people who are like in my crew, and they're, that's they're always getting like they're getting the goods. They're getting the goods. That's but like that for me too. Everyone else is maybe even getting like C minus. Like I am so checked out on those fucking people. And then there's a lot who I just fucking hate. A lot of people I fucking hate. And I give them like D. Fuck them. There's a lot of <laughs> shitty people I work with, dude. Drop it down to the D. Fair enough. Okay, uh, last question, cool. Frank. Then let's get into Friday Night Lights. All right, last question. Um, compare and contrast a regular high school student to a student in a teen drama. Yeah. That's a good one. That is a good question. Because I'm so far removed from high school, I can't even remember what we were like. Oh, I can't. You guys, yeah. When you guys talked about the, I'm, I'm thinking the first place I mean, my mind goes is the teen parties you guys have described, in like the OC and in Friday Night Lights. Yeah. I would say the truth lies about somewhere in the range of how close our parties are to those actual depictions. Not the same, mm-hmm. but there are some truths to be found yeah. there. There, well, the OC ones were on steroids. I don't even see much similarities to those. But the parties in Texas... Yeah, that's the chicks in bikinis dancing. <laughs> <laughs> the parties in Texas, though, that rang a little more true. But outside of the party scene, when you're in the classroom, mm-hmm. what do you see as the similar dynamics between what goes on on Friday Night Lights, like the classroom school dynamics? Like I felt like high school was a lot of... like. The, I mean, the studying, learning part, that was fine. But the rest of it was mostly just killing time. Yeah. Like, just wasting time and being goofy. Whereas, the show's got some drama. Like, things are actually happening of import. Whereas, right. for me, I feel like nothing. Just a flat line of... Well, I think we've realized that we just didn't have much going on in high school, too. I do think life. that's part of it. <laughs> but <laughs> does it seem like kids are talking about important stuff in their lives? Or are they just no. killing time? It seems like they're goofing off a lot of the time. Well, but this is a TV show, Pat. Come on. They got to spice it up at all times. So the question was... And showing the down moments. Yeah, I'm not even sure yeah. what your question is, to be honest. How much are the kids I see in my classrooms and on my fields? Yeah, on how, how similar how s- are they to the kids in this show? Exactly. Yeah. Man. Well, they're not 25. So... <laughs> they're not 25. I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe we'll need to cut that one out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right right there, Hank is not giving us an I'm not unadulterated look. I mean, yeah. was the, question, the, the question was too open-ended. Yeah. I mean, on the spot, too open-ended of a question. I guess we still have some work to to go on our interviewing skills. Yeah, but that, more that, to that, come. That's something. That's something you and I will address. We'll work we'll on this. Hank, don't you worry. We, we will. We will address this. We on will our definitely end. be yeah. having a serious conversation between the two of us yeah. after this. It sounds like I don't that. know shit about the kids right now. Yeah, I was no, going no, no, no. to say this is on us. This is on us. I was going to say either either you haven't you haven't haven't seen a teen drama in a while, or you're just totally not paying attention to these kids. So, like, what are some points of comparison you might imagine? Like, if you're eavesdropping on a conversation. <laughs> Which I do for, all the time. I, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, are what they, are they talking about? Are they about? talking about, is it a Landry and a Matt Saracen where one of them's got a potential girlfriend and they're going on an important date and they're like, 
exchanging information on how the date's going to go or how the date went? Or is it just like, Fortnite dicks, bleh. Like <laughs> There's what? a lot of Fortnite dicks, but there I would imagine the Landry Saracen, that's the way to go. Uh, kids talking about stuff like they know what they're talking about when they don't. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Did... <laughs> How much How much do you hear as a teacher? Because I always assumed teachers didn't hear anything I was talking about, nor would I want them to because I was saying some fucked up shit a lot. Yeah. So, I don't try and get caught up in stuff? the mix. Like, yeah. I don't care. I've seen, like, you got jugged for humping a kid's leg in high school. That was bullshit. I see that happen and it doesn't cross my mind to jug somebody. Oh, uh, explain what a jug is. It's essentially oh, a detention. Yeah, it's a detention. So I got a detention in high school because I humped a kid's leg, but there was nothing sexual about it. Uh, he came in, he told me that I did really well in the first uh, review of our March Madness poll, and I was in first place. Timely. Yeah. Kids are excited. And I was excited, and I just started humping his leg. I was immature, and I'd probably still do it to this day, to be honest. No regrets. That but te- I got a detention because the teacher was all pissed off. And it's like, grow up, bitch. Like, what the fuck's your problem? Who cares? It's just a little humping. I, like, yeah, it was humping uncool. some leg. Yeah. I mean... Judge, jury, and executioner right there by that teacher. Motherfucker. Yeah, I mean... God damn. I shouldn't have got jugged. I should... Okay, anyways. There's a Pat story that I would think would be like these kids. I don't know if it's mine to tell, but I'm going to. Okay, go for Um, it. You guys remember when everybody at the lunch table stood up and clapped for Pat when he came into the lunchroom one time? Oh, yeah. Pat's biggest fucking mistake of all time. I was going to leave that part out. (laughs) But I imagine kids still... uh, Kids still do that kind of stuff. Like... (laughs) We're cheering for the guy, uh, you know. He, All right, he had a we'll, good time. Just say, we'll just say that Pat got a little lucky. And that's all we'll say. And we were cheering for him. It's probably the next tape. <laughs> <laughs> all right, should we get into Friday Night Lights? Yeah. You guys ready? Okay. FNL. First thing I have here. Tim's dad. Tim's dad's back in the mix. Only thing I want to say, because this is Tim's dad's last episode, the only thing I want to say about Tim's dad is there are so many similarities, yet so many differences between him and Tim. First similarity, they have him wearing a Sherpa-lined jacket. The Riggins only wear jackets lined with wool. That's a fact. Genetic fact. That's Mm -hmm. a genetic fact. And... It's, it's amazing how they did that. The, the, but, well, like I said, a little difference is, though, because Tim's jacket, Sherpa-lined jacket, is always a jean jacket, Sherpa-lined, which, by the way, I just purchased my first one. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> I just purchased it. Um, yeah, just in time for spring. Yeah, just in time. I'll probably wear that every single day of my life. You probably got a deal on it. Hot deal. I think it was 140 bucks. So, you know, it's good. Not bad. Yeah. Um, but with the difference though, is that Tim's dad's jacket, corduroy, mm-hmm. Sherpa lined corduroy. So there's a bunch of stuff like that where they want to show that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, but then they also make sure to show there are differences between Tim's dad, who's a piece of shit and Tim. Do you know what one of the differences between their jackets is other than the corduroy and jeans? What? When Tim's dad puts his jacket on, he's a complete gambling addict. <laughs> Did he so, have it on, on the golf course? <laughs> he had it on. The, I don't. He probably had it on the golf course when he literally <laughs> wouldn't let a fun bet with his son drop, and he mm-hmm. had it on in the pool hall when he literally hustles some guy for a hundred dollars and gets his son in a fight. Yeah, 
Could you imagine being at a bar? It just like when you're out and you're playing pool for fun, like even if you get like start betting dollars with strangers uh, or quarters or whatever we were doing that one time, getting in a legitimate shouting match over the money involved? Absolutely not. <laughs> it would be That'd so be ridiculous. <laughs> I can imagine getting into a lot of verbal spats, but the physical ones I can't relate to. Like making it yeah. go physical. Like we argue it's all like, the time about shit, but it yeah. never gets like to the point where it's like not with strangers though. Yeah, especially with strangers. Like you're at a bar and you're playing pool, kind of to pass the time and to have something to do, a little bit of sport, but to actually give a shit about trying to win that other person's money to the point mm. where you hustle them. I would want to win the money. I mean, I think the competitive fire would come out, but I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be to that level. You wouldn't of slow play where you like played shitty for three games in a row. And then bet him a hundred dollars, and then play really just like hard. Ryan Atwood playing poker in Vegas before he got rockets. He hustled him by getting rockets. It, the, the, okay, real quick side <laughs> tangent. He did that. He, they, that's how they showed it in the OC. Like he was slow playing the whole time, losing on purpose, making this guy think he can beat him in poker. And then all of a sudden, he at the end he like he schools him or whatever and wins all the money. But it's like. He was just dealt pocket right. Just yeah, got pieces. Like, like he's so good at poker, he just got the best hand in the entire deck. <laughs> yeah, it was deck just like on the, the at the perfect time. That was his plan all along. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, um, yeah. yeah. So, so Tim's dad's back in the picture. It's only for this episode. We're gonna cover him later in this podcast because there's some shit that happens later on in this episode where between Tim and his dad. But um, let's just go to should we go to Buddy first or Julie? Because I got, I got things on each. So which one would you rather go to first? Hank, we'll let you decide. You want to go to Buddy or Julie? Let's do Buddy. Okay. Then that means we're playing a clip for the kids. Kids, clip time. Buddy explaining um, that he cheated on his wife with <laughs> Tyra's mom. So I just want to play this clip because how Buddy explained that he cheated to Coach T in that bar, probably Applebee's, was just I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah. They hang in Applebee's a lot. It was just hilarious. So here here's a quick clip and then we'll let's let's hash it out. I'll just put it point blank. I strayed outside my marriage. I mean and the problem is now she thinks it's more than it uh, is. Uh, yeah. uh, no, no, I'm saying uh uh-uh. I don't wanna know who it is and I don't wanna know anything about it. You know, I mean we have a wonderful time. She's a wildcat, you know what I mean? But it's just I can't I mean she goes down. I may have said some things in the heat of passion. You know, I may have said I was unhappy in my marriage in some ways, but you know how it is? No, buddy, I don't know how it is. Hey, Eric, hey, I'm a weak man. You're a stupid I, no, man. I, I'm a sinner. You know, I'm just looking for a little guidance here, just a, just a little advice. So, I know you got thoughts on Buddy. I love Buddy G. I, so, I, I just, I, I've been trying to sway Pat this whole season on Buddy G. And I just, I love, even when he's doing something fucked up like this, he's still like, it makes me laugh. But like, he's cheating on his wife, so it's fucked out. But like... I just like how he talks, I guess. I do, too. That's one of the reasons he appeals to me. Why don't you mind him? Because he's done a lot of fucked up things, so we're trying to figure out... His actions are fucked up, but why, when I see them, do I not mind him? Is it, like, the charisma of the actor? Is it the way Pete Berg is writing this shit? What do you think's the reason you don't hate Buddy? I feel like he means well. (laughs) 
<laughs> See, that's good interesting. You, you just good intentions. I think so. Yeah. I think I think so too. I think for you, that doesn't really add up though. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Pat's always weighing out like he does I'm, ten I'm, fucked out things and one good thing. Why are we saying he's a good intention guy on that one good thing? He was really good at explaining it in a moment of passion. <laughs> yeah, this is what you want to hear if you've been cheating. I'm on. a sinner. He owns it. <laughs> he, yeah. He's unapologetically himself. I think, and that that appeals to me. I think that's it. I think that's what I like about him too. Is he is self aware. You can set your watch to Buddy, Buddy Garrity. Yeah, I mean, you just know what what he's gonna do. We talked about it. Self awareness. It makes up for a million shortcomings you have. He is self aware, and he just owns. Well, I don't know how. I mean. You can't be extremely self-aware if you fire someone and break up with them in the same uh, scene and also start handing them cash I mean, during the breakup. Like, here's a couple hundred bucks. Here's some money. <laughs> was he trying to do the right thing, though? Like, in his mind, is that Yeah, the right it was thing? like he's tr- he thought... I don't know, dude. It, it seems like I feel kind of bad for him because it seems like he's trying. Like, he's just such a fucking idiot. Yeah, I'm, I, like, I'm he's with so dumb. I'm with you that he has good intentions. Like, his intentions are that the Dylan Pease win state every year. <laughs> Goddamn right. Uh, his intentions are that his daughter is happy in life. Yeah. His intentions are that Coach Taylor keeps his job when he wants him to. Um, but all of his actions to support those intentions are... Tragically so you, you're stupid. still you're still looking for a little more action from him. On yeah, I'm an actions guy. Yeah, I know that about you. Yeah, yeah, I could say till I'm blue in the face that I'm that I'm you know not punching you in the face, but if I'm punching you in the face, physically yeah. doing it, like we talked about, that's what you're gonna see. Last week, my intentions were to drive over here with no incident and right. record a podcast, and you killed my it. actions were I hit a guy and he died. Right, and I I drove away. Right, so not a big deal. Add him up. Mm-hmm. Weigh him out. Am yeah. I a good guy? Am I evil? No, I'm just kind of misguided. Right. Okay, cool. So, um, I did, I briefly mentioned Pete Berg, and I just, I wanted to bring this up. I'm going to use this as my fun fact of the week, because I was just listening to Pete Berg be interviewed on an, another podcast, a rival podcast of ours. Pardon my take. Whoa. <laughs> That's big of you. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. It's the number one. You're giving those guys. You giving those guys free advertisement. Sorry, but it's a good. It's a good podcast. You should listen to it. Um, Pete Berg was on it. Interviewed. We don't steal any other bits. So that's cool. It, no, Pete Berg was on it, and he was interviewed. And Pete Berg goes into directing like Nick Cage goes into acting for movies. He goes method when he's like getting into a storyline. And he was talking about when he was gearing up for Friday Night Lights, the movie and the TV show, he literally went to like a Texas town and just lived with a teen or a couple teens who were on the football team for like weeks. Like he lived with them. He went to the parties with them, the high school parties. He went to school with them, sat at the lunch table, heard the conversations like he lived in the world so that he could as accurately depict the high school scene as possible. It sounds like all that hard work paid off because he nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we have a teacher sitting here and he didn't find any flaws besides the age of the characters. No flaws. flaws. No flaws. Um, I listened to that and I was frustrated that they had not watched Friday Night Live. I know. I was like, it was what such the a fuck? Miss. Why have you not seen it so you could ask him all these questions <laughs> I want you to ask the director of this awesome series? Fuck. 
I was pissed. What a mess. They just kept wanting to find out about um, him wrestling with Mark Wahlberg on airplanes. Yeah. And get to the bottom of that. I just want to... I guess more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Should we go to Julie now? Okay. Julie T. Uh, God damn, did she look good in this episode. I think all of us made numerous comments throughout. Hank came in here and he was throwing out terms like sweater puppies. And referring to her. They really floored me, man. I, I knew what to expect, but... Are you a boob guy? It's, yeah. It's, really? Yeah. Let, let, let's get your... Ta- let, that's interesting, because I was actually just having a conversation today with the aforementioned Megan, who's been on this podcast, about how I think there are not many boob guys out there. It's mostly just ass and leg guys. So as a boob guy... Yeah, I've felt that I'm in the minority for a while. always kind of knew it. Yeah, you think um, you're in the minority on that? There's yeah. not as many? Me and our buddy Dan, since like grade school, we always kind of knew we knew that about each other. Boob guys. Yeah. Yeah. And so I always drew strength from that. So maybe though, this is why when you looked up Lila's cankles, thankles online, they didn't bother you that much. Maybe it's because you're not an ass and leg guy. Now things are starting to make sense a little bit to me. Because I saw, that up. I'll give you that. I see those pictures and I just can't stop throwing up in my mouth. That's how disgusted <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay, so yes, Hank said sweater puppies. I know Pat made some comments. I made some comments. We were all uh, very enthralled with uh, Julie Taylor in this episode. This episode, she springs a little announcement to Matt in this clip. Here it is. So you want to maybe try and study again? I think we should have sex. Morning? Well, I think it's time, don't you think? Yeah, me too. So, um, let's get on that. Good night. Hi, Matt! Hi, Miss Miss Coach. That was, that was interesting. (laughs) It was interesting to see. Um... What's happening here is she's talking about wanting to have sex for the first time. A real interesting dynamic because we're seeing both sides of it. We're seeing Tammy T and Coach T's side of it. And we're getting like what it would be like to see your 15-year-old fucking daughter talking about losing her virginity. Fucking nightmare. Then you see Julia Matt's side of it where it's like, seems like these two should totally be banging. But it's also very nerve-wracking. For the kids. Oh, yeah, because they've never, like, neither of them have had sex, and they're like, they're nervous. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So, in the spirit of all of this, I wanted to do a roundtable, because at one point, Tammy T's, like, having this sex conversation with Julie, and honestly, I wanted to give her an Emmy right there, because I don't know what you guys felt, but there's just a great speech by her mom when she was talking to her about sex. The moment, well, to just... Yeah. Get in on that real quick. The moment where they're like having this like serious conversation and then Julie uh, tries to make it like a joke where she's like, oh, you talking to make love or something like that. And her mom was like serious and just trying to have like this open conversation. And then Julie tries to turn into a joke and her mom fucking snaps on a dime. So let's play that actually clip because that's that's a good clip. Are you and Matt Saracen having sex? We're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. Are you thinking about pregnancy? Are you thinking about sexually transmitted diseases? Well, I mean, obviously, that's why he's buying condoms. Oh, I see. So you're just 
buying condoms, and then when you buy condoms, that just makes you ready to make love to somebody, anybody. Making love. Don't do that. Don't you smirk at me right now. I am very upset. You are not allowed to have sex. You're 15 years old. I just, I don't see what the big deal. It's just one body part going into another. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not just one body part going into another body part. I just thought that that moment was real and um, kind of frightening. You could hear the feeling in her yeah. voice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, God, Julie, you fucked up right there. Damn. Yeah, because it was <laughs> like, like she had her, she had her, and then it was like all of a sudden the mom, like, just Julie or Tammy T just fucking cracked. It was like, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't she say, like, don't you dare? Yeah. It, it, it was like, yeah. It was like she's hanging on by a thread, and then Julie making it a joke. Making it a joke is what sent her over the edge. Yep. So, round table. Um, do you guys remember your having the talk with your parents? Oof. Sex talk? I actually have this written on my paper. Did you guys get the birds and bees talk? So, oh, great I think you minds. and I are on the same That's page. Just two great minds. Um, so go ahead, give your give your sex talk story. Well, it's a short answer, and this is probably why I wrote it down to ask you guys because I didn't get one. Oh, really? Yeah, Fuck. I got off the hook. Hank, I don't think I did. God damn! Until like they saw like a doctor visit to like the health center at IU in college, and they're like, "Why were you doing that?" And I was like, "Well." sexually active sort of situation so it kind of got brought to the brought oh, to the oh but not really? till college you yeah. so this is just like oh you haven't openly talked about sex until you were in college you never got a talk of like you're in grade school and they're like explaining what sex is here's how it happens uh no i don't think i got that i don't did you get one yeah let's yeah. hear it uh brutal fucking brutal and what i would say is if your parent <laughs> Don't wait as long as my parents wait. My dad didn't have the sex talk with me till I was in the sixth grade. And by then, obviously, I was like two years into knowing what sex was. I feel like that's appropriate. No, it's everyone Because knew. you're still, I mean, you no. know what sex is. Were you Jane? No, I didn't. But grade? I'm saying. But everyone, you're like still years and years away from potentially having No, they sex. assumed I didn't know how sex worked. Like it was a talk of like. They not teach you that in grade school? Okay. My point is, everyone found out about it, I would say, like, in the third grade, fourth grade range. Like, nine, ten years old is when I think it was becoming into the... People all knew about it. It was two years after that that my parents had the conversation with me, which which was going to a UC basketball game, and just me and my dad, and before the game, we stopped at a bar, a bar and grill, to get uh, some food before the game, and he utilized that opportune moment to bring up oh, that sex is actually a dick going in a vagina. Mm-hmm. So it was like a whole planned out thing. Yes, it was strategic. I'm going to get him to the bar and grill. Yes. Yeah. Did he do it over the appetizers or uh, to the end of the meal? I have no idea. I blacked out once he started talking about it because it was like the worst moment of my life. I thought Tammy handled it great. I don't know if you're done with your story, but the time... No, no, I'm done, yeah. No, I did too, because she kind of, like, took the approach of, like, yes, I know... It wasn't the explaining what sex is. It was more about being responsible with it. And she just wanted... We kept saying, open up a line of communication. So, like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I want to make sure if you get scared, nervous, in a bad situation or whatever, that you always feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me about it. Would you guys go talk to your parents about sex? Fuck no. (laughs) No chance. Well, Pat would. 
with all the sex you was having. That's all we talk about. That's all I talk about with my parents. Yeah, me neither. But I think it's pretty cool that they did. No, I think it was it was very evolved, sort of how Tammy was handling it, which is like, I know you're an adult, you can make your own decisions, but I want to make sure that when the time comes that you do need to discuss this stuff, I'm the one. I um in this, I think was it last episode where we were talking about where. Uh, Julie and Sarah and Landry, they all get arrested for going to the strip club. Yeah. Was that last episode? Yeah. And the parenting dynamic was Mrs. T super fucking pissed off, like level 10, where Coach T is at basically like a three or four, like, oh, she's a good kid, she'll be fine, she messed up. Whereas in this situation, that was 100% flipped on its head, where Mrs. T was at basically like trying to handle it best she could, where... The rage in Coach T's eyes was frightening. Yeah. So, like... Uh, it's been I, a stressful time for them. Daughter's going to a strip club. Boyfriend's out buying condoms. I know. But basically, like, in Coach Taylor's head, his daughter going to jail is, like, basically down here. Or her having sex is, like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... I totally I just thought that was good though. that they flipped that dynamic. And also, his priorities are odd. Well, no, I don't know, because, like, one, I totally, it's what you were saying last week about it is really a give and take. It's not always one parent being pissed off and the other one being cool, calm, and collected. It's a tag team match. Sometimes one's madder than the other. And then, honestly, I think you just go off of what the other one is. If the other one's really pissed, you kind of take the more, like, all right, let's calm down. Reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably good. So, but then um, your second point, I'm kind of with Coach T. I honestly think, as a parent, as we know, I'm going to be really strict. Uh, apparently, as a parent, yeah. How do you feel about BD? Just <laughs> he's being a the... real hard ass, isn't he? Right, <laughs> dude. I'm going to be. Protective. I'm not surprised. I'm going to yeah. be protective over my daughter. Okay, and sh- daughter. she's going to be so rebellious. It's insane. Oh god, my daughter's going to be sucking so much dick, dude. Yeah, she's going to hate fuck. basketball. Yeah, she's going to hate it. Yeah, fuck. But um, I went, while I'm while I'm strong arming my daughter, um, <laughs> <laughs> while I'm uh, <laughs> being a very strict parent with my daughter, um, I do think I would default to just being a little more mad about her having sex than going to jail if what, I had to choose. What do you think? Let's play Landry real quick. Just super confident answers from both of you on something we have no idea about. <clears throat> What is that feeling that Coach Taylor is feeling? Is it jealousy? As no. if No. A jealousy like it's of, a, of Matt? No, not of Matt, but like that the rage that he's feeling because when they're sitting up waiting for her to come home, he's like stewing like you would like, like I what know, it, it's just a what protection it, thing. It's 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 that's your little girl, dude. That's I understand. I'm that. sure all I'm you just think talking about, about the the raw emotion of what he's feeling. That's the gut gut instinct, I think. Is it like I need Chicken to kill, I need to kill this guy? He's gonna mm-hmm. hurt my daughter. He's hurting my daughter. You just don't know. I think it's the unknown. It's the unknown. Like it's you just don't know. There's a million. Your mind always probably goes to the worst case scenario of like what what the this guy. He's just gonna like use her. He just wants to fuck my daughter. He he doesn't want anything. It's it's not like he loves her or anything. He's just you go to the worst case scenario. Just like a, a protective thing where yeah. you kind of like lose control. Yeah. Over Eka. He I did this already it. with her, didn't they? Like playing ping pong. Didn't yeah. he talk to her about like boys just want one thing? Like, yes. They've kind of already had this. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. So I think now this is just like, and Tammy T actually let's throw another clip in because Tammy T another great speech where she sort of explains to Coach that he shouldn't be getting this mad. Here it is. 
You know, you and I have the exact same amount of experience being parents. We've been doing this job the same number of years and months and days as each other, and the truth of it is that we just don't have any control. You know, for the most part, we're just winging it. And I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do in this situation. But I'll tell you what, the most important thing to me is that my daughter be able to talk to me. I just thought that was really interesting because it's like, look, just calm down. Neither one of us have any idea what the fuck we're doing. This is our only daughter. Like, we're just trying to figure it out. All these gut reactions that you were just talking about, you got to try and keep them in check because Julie's becoming an adult, dude. Quickly. Quickly. And the primary thing she cared about is keeping channels of communication open between them. Yeah. Anyways. Thank you, Network TV, for teaching us how to talk to our kids about sex. No, that's good stuff. And I don't know what it is about me right now just becoming... Uh, I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting close to that age where I start to have kids and I'm already just, like, pre-cocked and loaded on protective stuff, but... Uh, fuck. I was having a hard time figuring out who I identify with because on one hand, I was like, those sweater puppies... <laughs> Got yeah. me going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, they're zooming in on Tammy T with the, she's getting all frazzled with her hair going around. I'm like, well, she's kind of foxy too. I don't know who I'm identifying with more age, oh, age group wise. Are you saying looks wise? <laughs> I mean. You say, you're saying you're at the age where when they're having that conversation, it wasn't that you weren't sure whose side you were on. Like, am I on Julie's side? Whether, you know, she should or shouldn't be able to do what she wants with her body or whether you're on <laughs> Tammy's side of, if she was making sense in her talk, you were you're more just trying to figure out which one you thought was more attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so I think it's it's great. I'm really excited having Hank on because neither of us are Lila girls. Correct. We're both Julie T girls. Yep. I'm a Tyra girl. I don't know about you. I am. Not as much as Julie T. It's good to have a Mrs. T, a Tammy, Tammy Mrs. T girl on the show. Yeah. She deserves some respect. You well, know? he's a boob guy, as we found out. Yeah. And uh, the apple does not fall far from the tree in terms of that. A lot of genetic accuracy in this episode. Oh, dude. it's. I mean, we were already talking about Lila and the actress that plays her mom look dead on. Does she have a shitty voice, too? Uh, probably. I don't know. That, I, that's I what I hate out. more about Lila than her cankles. Is her voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, dude, it's not... The thankles, it, it just magnifies whatever fucked out shit Lila has going on. But, like, it's mostly her personality that make you fucking hate her. I gotta back up for a second. You've been saying fucked out a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a new thing? Uh, I don't know. I, He's I, got a couple of them. There's a couple I say I realize all the time. Like, Zerb always says how I say, like, something as fuck. Like, that's lame as fuck. Well, that's pretty normal AF. Shitty as Meme fuck. Meme culture. Yeah, who knows. Um, okay, <laughs> song time? Yeah, let's do it. This is the song that starts playing after Riggins finds out that his dad actually did steal the camera. I don't know if we've even talked We didn't about even this. talk about that. Essentially, they're just trying to show us that Tim's dad's a piece of shit. There's some loose storyline that he stole the camera from the school. It's not important. His dad's a piece of shit. Anyways... Tim's dad stole a camera, Tim goes to bat for him, says no he didn't steal it, finds out in fact he did steal the camera, yep. so Tim tells his dad to leave town, then proceeds to get drunk and do some real good, real high quality brooding by himself, and he decides to do a 
a move that's kind of it's a tried and true move where you're depressed you just go intentionally get the shit beat out of yourself so dude it was Ryan Atwood-esque. I yeah. mean, that's first, a that's a classic Ryan. Ryan would get pissed to go check a fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like you're so mad, and it's kind of like you just want to fucking feel something. Like you just gotta feel. Your dad just like walked out again. So when all this shit went down with the camera and whatever, his dad just left again. But dude, I love this fucking this song when it's playing when Tim does this because to me, there's no better fucking scene. This song's playing. Guy starts to get his ass beat because he just wants to feel something physical, mental, emotional, anything. And then there's no better fucking scene in the world than in a movie when someone's getting their fucking ass beat to this music. And then they just slowly look back at the guy. He pulls up from beating his ass. And then you just see him smile. Like, that bloody smile. Yeah. Bloody smile. Keep hitting me, bitch. I came here to get hit, motherfucker. It's just such a badass move, cool dude. Cool by BB right there. Came here to get hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a badass move of like, dude, I'm not even going to fight. I want to get hit. So he chose Pussy. this adult with old man strength. Sometimes you forget Tim's 15. Cause right. Because yeah. he wanted to lose. This guy's just beating the ass of a 15-year-old. It's like... As your comment, Pat may turn this. It's like, this kid's 15. This guy's just beating this guy's ass. What the fuck? Um, yeah. Anyway, any other thoughts on that one? Then we can... Yeah, I had a couple thoughts. Okay, go ahead. So to even get him in the bar, I should have said this earlier, when he was hanging out with his dad playing pool in the bar, it's like, this is the kind of fatherhood that Tim gets from his dad. Like, I'm going to take oh. him to a bar, teach you how to hustle and pull. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then, like, I, I'm also going to let... His dad's just a horrible guy and terrible role model. But you see where Tim gets some of the qualities because Tim's dad has a lot of the negative qualities that Tim has without any of the redeeming ones. So Tim, we'll get to it what he does at the end of this episode, but Tim's filled with like, yes, he fucks up all the time, but at the end of the day... He basically had to teach himself integrity. Right. So I... Well done. I don't know. I don't know how he did that. Maybe... Billy. Maybe his coaches. Billy. Maybe Billy. Billy probably helped. Get some cues from that heart of gold. Yeah, yep. he him. just he just listens to his internal his yep. internal self. Character, dude. Tim's got character. His dad's got none. Tim's dad. Other thing I had on that fight. Yeah. Tim has this. I think is masochism the word where he likes pain. I remember earlier in the podcast oh, yeah. he was like going through some shit. And they were running those sprints in the uh, mud up yeah. the hill, and you're like, "That's what Tim wanted. He wanted mm-hmm. that pain." So this is this is something <sighs> Tim does. Is yeah, like, he was about to he was about pain. to quit no, the team until the until that scene happened, and you could tell he just fell back in love with football, and they had to run those crazy sprints in the rain. No, this is an excellent point because this is so true. It's like Tim's uncomfortable with any emotional sort of thing going on and the only thing he understands is physical pain so anytime he's dealing with emotional strife like that's confusing he doesn't know how to handle it and he's like yeah he goes and he runs uh, he runs uh, up the hill because it's like i get this i don't get the pain with lila and street and then same thing here it's like i don't get how to handle this with my fucking dad so i'm just gonna go get physically abused <laughs> or physically beat down <laughs> Not sexually. <laughs> no. That word's just yeah, no, spark. Great point by you, Hank. That is so true. Um, music talk. This is a, a nitpick. This is a Zerb move. 
Yeah. Um, well, you were it. talking about Devil's Town, which is a fantastic song. I think it was in the first episode. Yeah. Uh, did you say it was by the Bright Eyes? No, I forget the the guy's name. Um, we would have to look it up. It was Daniel Johnston. Daniel Johnston. Nah. Did you guys go into that part? Yes. Yeah, he he did. Okay. We did. Uh, we, who did you think goes by? No, no. no he th- he he said it. There was a little back and forth on that where they tried to get bright eyes or something, and then they couldn't. So then they had this guy Daniel Johnston or whatever record it for them. It's still different. So the artist of this song is Daniel Johnston. Uh, insane dude, bipolar, psychotic, schizophrenic, has been in mental institutes. The only reason he became popular was because Kurt Cobain of Nirvana wore some of his artwork on his t-shirt. Oh, that's interesting. So He's got a really cool backstory. He would record on like tape recorders, and at the end of his career, he was never that popular. So they had a bunch of indie artists record an album of his, some of his songs. And that's how Devil's Town became popularized, too. The mainstream people. Did he uh, record the, the, it? the story no. that I wrote was the song he was wrote. written by Daniel Johnston, made famous and popular by Bright Eyes. Yeah. And then so the um, while they're editing this episode, the editor was just putting in songs to kind of for filler, and they put in the Bright Eyes version of Devil Town in that scene, and, and they're just like, well, this is perfect. We got to have this song. So they reached out to Bright Eyes to say, hey, can we get your version of this song to put in? And they're just like, no, nah, we're too cool. So they just had some guy named Tony Luca. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Record recorded. a version. His version's great. His version's great, but that that song was recorded by Tony Luca specifically for Friday Night Lights, um, and then he went on to win American. No, he was a contestant on The Voice. Oh yeah, that's he a fun was. fact about Tony that Luca. Was. But this, is but the original one because I looked, I was like, oh, now I got to hear the original. Dig down the rabbit hole. And the, the version by Daniel Johnson is fucking crazy. I've never and heard that it's version. It's awesome. I'd like to. You would really like it. Um, Should we put it in? Yeah, put it in that version. It's there His it voice is crazy, but it's like, it's raw. It's awesome. I was living in a devil town. Didn't know it was a devil town. Oh, Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. This song is frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the voices in his head. I know. And I feel like I'm music playing. I feel like I'm uh, in a haunted movie. Can we get some of those nice bells back in there? Yeah. <laughs> Does not make me think of a uh, football parade or a football game. It not anymore. No, it makes yeah. me think of hell. Yeah, hell. Just and actual hell. Like, just seems like that guy's just contemplating suicide. It seems like there should be like a like a little kid all by himself at a park just swinging on a swing. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So, what should we do next? Should we do my MCITW? Sure. Let's do the MCITW because uh, we're on the heels of of who's gonna win it this week. So. MCITW this week. Sorry to our sponsors. It took a little longer to get to you this week, but don't you worry. You're still number one in our hearts. We look forward to the fucking swag that we are going to get soon for the kids. MCITW, that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by Wicklow Wear. That's W-I-C-K-L-O-W. Wear. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com. Type in the promo code VL at checkout. Get 10% off of your order. MCITW this week going to... Walt Riggins. 
Did you know that was the Thursday? <laughs> I have no idea. No. It's, uh, this week it's easy. It's got to go to Tim's dad because uh, he's just a huge piece of shit. He yeah. stole the camera from the school. Uh, his child rearing skills are questionable at best. <laughs> he got into his son. He got his son into a bra at a bar. Don't know why he did that. And then also, I'm pretty sure he would just fuck every single uh, high school teen girl in Dillon, Texas. Yeah. And that creeps me out I as well. Say that. Coos hound? Muffhound? Yeah, Muffhound. He's, he's a bit of a Muffhound. What's a Coos hound? Yeah, I've been watching The Sopranos. They, the Italians call it Coos. Um, yeah, so he's a Coos hound. He's definitely a Coos hound. And um, yeah, by the time he left... And then, okay, so you know what? We should just, while we're doing this, play that clip, the aforementioned clip you were talking about, where he goes... Right here. So he says to Tim when they get into a fight. I want you to leave. Get out. Okay, you see how easy this is, son. Just watch this. Oh, cool. Cool. Hero move here by Mr. Tim. Like, way to go, Mr. Tim. Like, fuck. Such a douche. God, his dad sucks. I'm pretty sure he never comes back, by the way. I'm fine with that. Yeah, get him out. Maybe that's why they did the whole camera thing. You said it seemed unnecessary. It like, did, yeah. that he was a D-bag. It did. They needed to have just a big moment so they could just do a clean cut. Yeah. Get, the, get, get back get to Austin. Out. Yeah. He was really starting to grind in my fucking gears, dude. Go, go play golf in your jeans. Yep. So, with that... Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wickleware. Last couple ones I want to hit. Um, one would be, I want to go back to um, Buddy G because there was some shit that happened to Buddy G at the end of this episode. What he does after he fucks Tyra's mom a couple times and said some things to her in the heat of passion, probably like he loved her and stuff, to get her to fuck him. Classic dude stuff. It's just classic. He tries to, like, buy her off and get her to just fuck right off out of his life. Because now he just wants to go back to his life, go back to the Dylan P's, and not worry about getting some straight puss. Yeah, I think he gives her about $250 Yeah, cash. about 250 It's got to be more than that. Yeah. He gives her a lot so of cash. He, yeah. He yeah, just it does not seem to be that kids, much. Kids, real quick. Kids. for the kids. Kids. Um, never hand a girl a lot of cash and break up with her. No. Um, Don't do that. It's definitely not a good move. No. And if you're going to do that, don't just give her $250. Because that says, to me, you're worth exactly $250. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it, kids, Venmo. Venmo. Should, should the Venmo. kids ever throw money at a problem? Like, I've never swum in those waters where I'm the kind of guy who throws money at my problems. Um, sometimes it does help to throw money at your problems, but I don't know if it does in this case. Yeah. But sometimes it really, I feel like it Throwing helps. money at a problem helps when it's like a plumbing issue. Yeah. That's true. Or <laughs> something yeah. like that. Or when like one for, of your appliances breaks. Don't throw money at a moral problem. Yeah. Like for Plungy. me, now that I'm a homeowner, I've realized that there are some things I should just throw money at. Like last spring, I began the process of painting all the white outdoor trim of my house love it and uh that was miserable and i think i'll never do that again so doesn't i'll just look, doesn't look throw great, though? money at that <laughs> <laughs> so anyways yeah buddy g uh just trying to get some fucking tail um 
when he does. Oh, anyways, the reason we brought that up, the reason we brought that up was because at the end of this, Tyra's mom totally awesome, hilarious move where she's like, "I'm not gonna stand for this bullshit." Shows up to Sunday mass at the church and decides that she's gonna call Buddy G out in front of the entire congregation. So now, the entire city, town, whatever of Dylan knows that Buddy's been fucking this chick and he's a huge piece of shit. He was trying to just sweep it under the rug. Great scene there. I was kind of glad that Tyra's mom did that. It was kind of like, thank you. Like, Buddy G is, he's, we love him, but he is a dick and a piece of shit and we're kind of glad he got called out. He needs some guardrails on his life. Yeah. While it's nice to see him get called out like that, all I could think when I saw Tyra and her mom rolling up in, like, the beat-up truck was just like, oh, social class. Like, we got the trashy Colettes rolling up in their truck and they're not in church clothes. And all the Christians are coming out of church in their dresses. Absolutely. That just kind of had to be socially embarrassing for Tyra. It it really, yeah. God, they picked a perf Pete Berg, dude. That's Pete Berg just nailing it. Like, where would be the worst place to get called out for being a cheater? Church. Church. <laughs> like mass would be, I'd put that tops, tops of the list. That would suck. Like, could it be anywhere else? Literally anywhere else. Um, yeah, but props to her. I like her mom. I think she's a good actress. I don't know why she doesn't really get much more screen time or, or many more storylines. Because I, I, I thought she could have... She is sad. She's sad, but I thought they could have like woven her in and had interesting adult storylines with her while we're loving on the kids. I think it just like Hank said, it just bums everybody out too much. Like it's kind of like Don Atwood's storyline. Yeah, she is and basically they steered Don clear Atwood. of that. Yeah, it's just too too much of a bummer to kind of squeeze any good juice out of that. But they could have just made her turn her shit around a little bit, like stop dating these piece of shit guys. Like maybe there's not really any single guys though, so I guess that you can't. All the adults are. Ooh, we need Jimmy Cooper to come I, to I fucking Dylan, dude. What about the? What about Matt Saracen's dad? That guy's a no redeeming qualities, dude. Pat, don't act like. On. Don't act like when they're in the writers' room throwing out ideas. <laughs> that wasn't a post-it note up on the. Up well, on the Matt Saracen's dad tested. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously, so uh, obviously, a smart writer in the room grabbed it, crumpled it up, and <laughs> threw it in the garbage. But I feel like when they're weaving the story, that was definitely an option. Yeah, no, we're, no. we're thinking about. They say no idea is bad in a brainstorming session. <laughs> that one was. <laughs> now I'm just trying to think who else Tyra's mom can bang. Dude, they just gotta bring. They gotta <laughs> fucking bring Jimmy Cooper in from from Orange County. Just say like, dude, James, James, James Cooper. Um, you. They could have redeemed uh, Mr. Riggins. And uh, Mrs. Colette together, like a God. mutual redemption. Like they both get their shits together separately and then merge. Their kid would be so fucked up, such a fucked up alcoholic. I think that bridge has sailed. That bridge has sailed, as we like to say around here. <laughs> um, okay, I want to play another clip. I got basically two clips I want to play, and then we'll we'll ring it home. But um, this first one, Julie T and Matt. So. Spoiler alert, they don't have sex in this episode. Pretty disappointed by that. So really let down um, from the podcaster sitting right here in this uh, studio. I have some thoughts I'd like to get into at some point. Okay, go ahead. Before we play this clip. 
Yeah. All right, so you guys have made it clear that you guys are season three types of Julie T girls. Right. Yeah, we love her in season three. Yeah. I was watching a little Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire four today. Mm-hmm. Great film. Hermione Granger is towing that line. Yeah. In the wiz- Jesus. In the Wizarding World, there's no real age of consent. It's all kind of mixed in. Oh, that's true. That's Everyone true. That. It's a little. It's magic. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah. And she was like nineteen twenty one when it finished. I was. About the same age when that movie originally came so, out. So this is this is interesting. It's been discussed on past podcasts. One, Harry Potter, you were younger when it came out. So in your head, you were viewing her at the time when you were still younger. So that's how you can rationalize it. Can more. I go back as an adult and appreciate that feeling? Yes. Yes, you can. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the only rationalization I have. But that's in your uh... head when you were in your head when you were watching it. Today? You were around that age when you first watched it. So all those same feelings, it's like we were saying about Kelly Kapowski. Like, even still to this day, we still view her as one of the biggest smoke shows of all time. God because damn it. Topanga Lawrence, another example. Yeah. So you're, She was you're, older than us when we were watching that show, but to go back and watch it now... You're still carrying that. If you, if you hadn't... I'm not sure if, she was still switch my... Topanga? Well, yeah. she's very she large and in charge upstairs. Yeah, you're in so, Figured. Yeah. Figured maybe. Probably would. Yeah. So I, I think you should feel okay. But anyway, Julie T and Matt. Um, okay, Julie T and Matt. I just want to play a clip. And it's of uh, it's just a great scene here. This is when they come back from the cabin, the failed sex attempt. They're in the car. They've shown up to the, the T's parents' house. They're still waiting up for 4 a.m. like we were talking about, worried that she had sex. They're in the car. And then Matt says this to her as she's getting out of the car to go back to her house. Where are my keys? Do you want me to walk you to the door or something? Are you kidding me? My dad's going to kill you if he sees you. Where are my keys? Julie, I love you. Uh, what? I love you. Um, uh, me too. And I just love that because it's like, it wasn't like some big thing he planned. He didn't like come up with like all these, like, I'm going to say this to her and then lead in with this. It just like came out like, I love you. And he He smiled when he said, dude, that's Matt S to a T is when he's not trying to be anything that he's not. And he's just being himself. Didn't sound cool. No, it didn't sound cool at all. But it's just so fucking genuine that you're like, you're in it. You're like, you know what? That's you, dude. Does he like Julie more than she likes him? Because there's that theme through this episode of her approaching the sex like science. She was super scientific it's about kind it of hard. the whole time. I was feeling that same thing, too. And it's kind of hard to tell. She's like, what did she say? She was going to like collect data about, about, the sex. about the sex and gather information. It's Calm almost data. like she... Like in... Yeah. <laughs> DNA. Yes. Uh, <laughs> She said that. Those are her words, not mine. She is talking about collecting this DNA, I think. Right. But it sounded like she was more in the mode of, like, this is my high school boyfriend. I got to have sex as soon as I can. So, like, I know what sex is so I can use that information throughout the rest of my life. Whereas Saracen is just head over heels. I don't know. I might disagree on this point. I think they're, they're both into each other equal. Okay. I don't get the vibe that she's out of being into him or he's more into her until the Swede comes into the picture. How did she respond to the I love you, though? She said I love you, too. She said me, too. 
She just said me too? No, she said me too, like as a gut reaction because it caught her off guard. Yeah. And then she took a beat and she said, I love you too. Yeah. They definitely made a point to make it like not a classic, I love you, I love you. But they also made a point not to make it like a, I love you. And then the other person goes, have a good night. (laughs) And like fucking stonewalls it. It was just a natural reaction where somebody like, oh fuck, I didn't think that was going to happen. And then they're like, you know what? I I do love you, bro. Fucking now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. Right back at you, player. It's fucking Pete, <laughs> dude. That's it. It's Pete Berg in the that's writing. Why, it's that's the why writing, I spent two dude. weeks with the kids. Just that's picture that it. scene. That's why I did it. Picture that scene going he was down in like in the back seat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't mind me, guys. Just go on with me. No, this, no. Yeah, picture that scene. Pete Berg's in the back and he's got a notebook. <laughs> One leg crossed over the other, and yeah. he just like pulls his glasses down over his nose, and he's just like, "Yep." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Can, you, can you do that one more time for me? Okay, so when the 16-year-old the kid looked at his 16-year-old girlfriend and said, I love you for the first time, she immediately said, me too, without thinking. But then she caught herself, thought about it, then realized she was in love with him. No, keep going, guys. I'm just I'm writing <laughs> out the script right now as we, as I'm doing this live. Nick Cage and Ghost Rider style. That's such a big thing, saying the I love you for a high school kid. I never said it in high school to I anyone. I don't think I did either. That's a Couple, really nerve-wracking moment. Yeah, yeah. Never had that happen in high school. Freshman year of college, that's when it first happened, I believe, for this podcaster. Hank's been getting a little annoyed when I say this podcaster. Oh, right yeah? Now. I'm, just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Because <laughs> I said it at the soccer game we went to this weekend. <laughs> Wait, so Hank called you out for uh, saying... When he wasn't refer- in a podcast. <laughs> and he referred to himself as this podcaster. Yeah. So he referred to himself in the third person. Would that be the third person? Hank's an English teacher. Yeah, that's the third person. So he referred to himself in the third person as a podcaster when he was just out at a bar? Yes. But look. He was spouting <laughs> opinions. Oh, here's okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. You guys, here's the thing. Pontificating. When you're a podcaster, okay, it's it's in you. You know, you never, you're never that. out of podcasting mode. So that's me at all times now. I'm yeah. always thinking hot takes. Hot takes, podcasting. I was just trying to keep it. you humble with all your Instagram likes. I know, it's tough, it's tough. And we both, we both have had to sort of keep it in check. Because with all this fame, mm-hmm. it's check ourselves all right so to to put hank on the spot what do you think what of all of our 40 to 70 instagram posts so far Mm -hmm. which one's your favorite uh any of the ones where you guys are wearing shoulder pads or helmets (laughs) so you really appreciated our trip to dicks where we you're trying to get us full football helmet you're trying to get inside of the feeling of these kids we're doing our best and that's what it's all about it's all about the kids love the kids want you guys to know that want the kids to know that yeah no kids it's good stuff (laughs) i think it's all the kids um yeah hank said it best kids okay let's end it on a clip and then we'll get into pat's mvp last clip i want to do i call this tim redemption mode this is when tim as we were talking about his dad this is where pete berg is really showing us that here's the endearing side of tim and the redeeming quality side of tim so while his dad, when shit gets fucking tough, just bounces, as we saw, and he runs away from his problems, what's Tim do? Tim fucking deals with his problems head he on. He gets his ass beat first. Yep. And then... Deals with them after. Yes. Mm-hmm. So when he's dealing with them, he goes and gets the fucking camera back, and he goes over to Coach's house to give him the camera, and then there's this scene. 
what happened to you? I, uh... brought you something. Why don't you come inside? I'll see you at practice. I don't know if it came through in that clip, but it's it's just a look mainly that Coach T gives Tim where it's like, it seems like getting approval from Coach T of like, he sees what you're doing. He sees it. Hey, don't you think that this isn't lost on me, bro? I want his approval all so, the time. So, so bad. bad. Coach T, uh, he is definitely a man of words because he gives like such great speeches. And talks like when he needs to, but he also knows that nonverbal shit. Oh, like he does He knows yeah. how to use his words, and he knows, knows like when he doesn't even need words. Oh yeah. Sometimes that's it's just true. clear eyes and full hearts. Yeah. God, that's so true. He definitely does that. He he uses words and not uses he's, words. It's not better like, than anyone. Exactly. He's really good at not using words, <laughs> but he's not the strong silent type because he's very talkative. Was he winning Emmys for this? I feel like he should have been. Uh, we'll check it out. We'll look into it we'll later. <sighs> Any other thoughts out of you, Hank? Yeah, as a football coach watching Coach T, it was surprisingly hard to decide not to wear sunglasses the same style that he does. Like the more athletic looking ones. I went with a Wayfarer look, and it's just how more comfortable. Like a cool, natural, like a sunglass you would wear off the field is what you wear on the field? Yeah, and that factored in, though. I wanted to be like Coach T, but... Mm. Wear some sports shades? When I think of sports coach shades i think of there's got to be an orange hue or tint to them that's pretty sporty yeah oh yeah if i was a football coach i'd go all out i wouldn't half-ass it dude i'd have all the gear down to a t a coach t i would have it down to a coach t. i feel like you'd be wearing sweatbands out there hank what what's yeah, your take like you from till i i might i might you know i want to make sure my gear is on par with the kids of dylan um, what, have eye black. <laughs> <laughs> what is your take as a football coach on uh, the, the coaching? Because we thought it's been pretty spot on with like the dynamics in the locker room and the coach speeches in the in the half times and all that. Do you find those ring pretty true? Yeah, for like obviously the every game being a last second touchdown, right, that's yeah. not real. No. But the way football practice feels, uh, the way the coaches coach during football practice in the snippets when the clips are going fast i'll buy that as a football player that mile a minute stuff yeah yeah and they really do make it seem like look practices blow ass no one has fun at practice it's fucking hard work and it no like none of the kids are having fun practice is the worst the only thing you look forward to in sports are the games i think they nailed that because the practices seem miserable like everyone's sad okay Good stuff. Pat, MVP of the week. You want an MVP? Mm-hmm. Guys? Hit me with the chips. Matt Saracen. Okay. Is this... Did you see this one coming? No, because he got he got no sacks. So, I'm giving... <laughs> so that counts against him. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would I'm, have... I'm giving it to Matt Saracen because he took us on a roller coaster ride. Yeah. This episode. I mean, if you think about it, it starts off the beginning of the episode where Julie Taylor, the Julie Taylor announces to him that they should have sex. Mm-hmm. So he's basically, <laughs> at, he's here. He's at a peak. For those listeners, I'm holding my hand about a foot and a half over my head. Yeah. And then he makes all the preparations. Yep, buys condoms. Buys talks condoms, to Landry. Talks to Landry, <laughs> talks to Smash, buys condoms, mentally prepares himself. 
he gets caught red-handed buying condoms. It's so, insane that she's fucking there. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. The we like we've talked before about like characters running into each other like in weird coincidental times in this show before, but her being at the store in the other aisle while he's buying condoms and that split second is ridiculous. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario. Oops, my bad. <laughs> she's just trying on sunglasses at the drugstore. Yeah. What was that? I... She does look good in sunglasses. I gotta stop harping on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially yeah. like she has been yeah. staking out the condom aisle at that drugstore for weeks. Okay, he gets caught by Mrs. T, has to deal the whole time. So he's at like cloud nine, making his preparations, gets the condoms, doing the right thing, gets seen. The rest of the week, he has to deal with the fact that his scary-ass football coach and her <sighs> wife know that he was buying condoms. So oh it's just like, God. how I couldn't imagine <laughs> getting uh, going from 10 to like 3 to 2 to 0. Would you bow of... out? I might bow out. If, if I had in my head that my girlfriend that I was trying to have sex with and I was a teenager, just knows that I bought condoms and was trying to have sex with his daughter. I might just like pump the brakes for a little bit. I'm imagine, like the, imagine sex. like the stage fright slash anxiety that would come along with that. If it was just a regular dad, I don't think I would care. But if that dad was my football coach, I could I could have gone for like a scene at practice of coach being like mean to Matt about sex. Yeah, like taking it out on him, trying to fuck his daughter. Yeah. So. <sighs> They still decide to have sex. So he's back up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Julie comes to him. Listen, my parents know about this. His pupils go about as wide as his eyeballs could possibly contain. And he's like, fuck, fuck. I'm actually dead. I'm dead. Yeah. And she's like, but it's still on. And he's like, okay. Yeah, God. They decide to do it. He included in his preparations, which I didn't mention, he borrows his friend's cabin. So he's got the whole cabin situation <laughs> set up, yeah. and everything's taken care of. Yep. Um, however, being the good guy that we know and love, in the moment, he decides that just something about it doesn't feel right, whether it's the way that Julie feels or the way how right. he feels about it or how things are developing. He's like, ah, let's just wait. Like, yep. I kind of want to wait. I can tell you're forcing this. You want to wait. Let's just wait. And she's like, what? We can do that? awesome <laughs> and then like yeah so, let's get credit like, for not having sex exactly so all yeah. the all the tension is just away and they end up just having a really good night playing like what is that foot wrestling legs sword fighting i call that boner twister yeah <laughs> that's what that looked like to me also an, a a cherry on top of his mvp candidacy this week as when they decide to not have sex we actually see him <laughs> up and tuck his boner into his fucking jean waistband. Method actor, dude. Yeah. That's method. Yeah. Dude, that, that is so... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I won't get into all that, but that was very realistic. And to top it off, he throws in the I love you to Julie T as he's driving yeah. off. Makes her, makes her day. So I can give it on board. The fact that he hasn't like thrown himself off a bridge having to deal with all those ups and downs of sex no sex sex no sex and like literally didn't kill himself yes i could get on board just giving him the mvp of the week for that yeah and he just he just knows the order of operations you go with the i love you first and then maybe the sex later see i i was thinking on that though does it just come off like he's only saying i love you because he wants to have sex it's a slippery slope like saying i would say not in this context because he he was yeah and he was happy and he was such a gentleman as soon as he knew that it was not on 
He just like turned it off. He did. He, he, he sensed pressure. He sensed when he needed to pump the brakes. She's Great clearly not ready. There. A lot of good tips. Way to go, Pat. Those are good tips for the kids. Great advice, kids. I love that you ended it with kids because as we like to end these podcasts now, after the great advice, kids, what do we want? We want you to tuck on in. You tuck on in, kids. You sleep tight, kids. You have a real good night's sleep. Great advice. Great. Thanks, Hank, for being here. Happy really to be here. Thanks it. for having me. Pat, good stuff by you. Thank you. And, as always, Pat, tell the kids what we need them to do. Clear eyes, full hearts, do less. Do less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.